Hey guys, this is me. Did you move today? Atu bouge aujourd'hui? Jatemishiste aujourd'hui? Ivoste moviste ora? Welcome to my podcast. Did you move today podcast? In this podcast, I have Shante Cofield as my guest, Dr. Shante Cofield. So, there you go. Hi Dr. Shante, this is Andrea. Hi Andrea, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for being super flexible. I yeah. appreciate that so much. No, no problem. Great. So um, you're a physical therapist turned entrepreneur and known to most folks as the movement maestro. Um, I know you have a lot of uh, certifications and of course you're super knowledgeable. So I'm very grateful that you, to have you here on, on my podcast. So yeah, thanks um, for inviting me. It's awesome. No, thank you. Um, so why the movement maestro? First off, I love how you say it. That's awesome. No one else can say it. Like, <laughs> um, I went with that name actually as a second choice. Uh, my first choice was originally the movement mechanic. And then I did some research and found out that somebody, some other uh, a company in Denver actually owned the name. So I switched and I honestly just wanted a name that began with the letter M. So it would have that alliteration. I, I knew that I wanted the word movement because it's such a broad term. It's like not just mobility. It's not just strength. It's, it's everything. Um, and then, you know, Maestro came up and I was like, oh, I don't love it, but I'll use it. And now it's become something that I love. So it kind of fell in, you know, stumbled upon it. Yeah. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh, the movement Maestro. It's like yeah, exactly. super cool. Super cool. Um, so if you, I mean, I know I've read your bio a lot of times. Um, I've uh, listened to a lot of podcasts uh, where you awesome. were Awesome. Thank you. So Thank you. I feel that, um, I mean, of course, I, I don't know you in person, but I, I know you're, you know, where you've been. Um, yeah. College and sports and you're into CrossFit too, and you mm -hmm. are a rock tape instructor. But if you want to tell uh, the listeners a little bit more about your movement journey. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I think my movement journey is, began when I was a little kid, right? So I've always played some sort of sport and fortunate enough to be, you know, a decent mover. And, you know, I've movements really been part, a large, a large part of my identity forever. Um, and so I tore my ACL when I was 15 And that kind of changed things. I always wanted to be a, I kind of wanted to always want to be a, an orthopedic surgeon. I wanted to go to college and play high-level soccer. Um, but after term ACL, that kind of changed. And I still went and, and played in college, but it wasn't the same. And I kind of started realizing there was more to life than just playing sports. And uh, I think after that, you know, I, I played in college. I stopped after I graduated. I uh, started working and I stopped really working out at all. So that was a dark time in my life. Then I started running marathons and really did that for a little bit. because I was excited about it. And then I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. And then I found CrossFit and uh, CrossFit, honestly, I know a lot of people say bad things about it, but CrossFit has been a tremendous way for me to learn more about movement and my own movement journey. Uh, because when you do something like CrossFit, you are forced to figure out, you know, why can't I do this thing? Or like what? how come I can't get into that position? And so when people ask me, 
know, what's the best way to, for me to learn about movement? I tell them, like, go and go on your own movement journey and try to figure out how to do things. And you learn far more than you will in, uh, in school. And so that was a big thing was, you know, I started CrossFit and then I started just learning more about mobility and learning more about movement really because of CrossFit. And it, it just tied in nicely. I was already a PT at the time. It tied in really nicely to you know, that, that very much biomechanical foundation that I had. Um, whether it was correct or not, but that biomechanical foundation and uh, being able to put it into play firsthand with my own movement and then, you know, my friends' movements and then my patients or clients' movement. And that's pretty much where I'm still at with the journey is looking for, you know, ways to better understand it, looking for better ways to refine it, looking for faster ways to do things. Um, but I, I really like that you asked that question because it's been a large part of it has been learning about it outside of school and outside of traditional you know, schooling. Now that you mentioned um, school and college, yeah, um, physical therapy school. So mm-hmm. um, I remember in one of your podcasts, I think you're talking to uh, Dr. Janisker and you're talking uh-huh. about shadowing hours and, yeah. and how, and I did some shadowing hours at first um, before, <laughs> but it was so boring. Yes. And so when you said that, I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I'm so happy that I'm not the only person that yeah. does my shadowing hours. I was just like, oh, maybe physical therapy. No, it's not for me. Yeah, it's true. It's a big, it's a big issue. And I think that it can honestly turn a lot of people away. I actually had Ryan DeBell on my podcast. I recorded an episode with him earlier this week. And he basically became a chiropractor because when he was doing his shadowing hours, he didn't like what he saw in the physical therapy, the physical therapist that he shadowed. And he just happened to like the chiropractors and their model when he shadowed, but he was like, it just as easily could have gone the other way had I had, you know, a better experience. And it really is so much of it can be the luck of the draw. Like you go to a bad place or you're going to, you know, a mill and you're just like, this place is terrible. So I totally agree. And I know you mentioned also that you didn't like physical therapy school. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't, I, I did not like physical therapy school. I didn't like being a physical therapist for the first two years. I almost left the profession, but I just had too much debt to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was very disenchanted by the model. I think that, you know, I didn't like PT school primarily because it were two reasons. One, you didn't get to learn what you wanted. Like in college, you, you, you don't really necessarily get to learn what you want, but you still have a little bit more freedom in, in terms of like the classes you pick and things like that. PT school it's like you just have to take this stuff and some of it I was like I don't care about this I don't see how this relates to being a PT like I don't like this and the second part of it was I had worked very hard in college I worked very hard in under in uh, high school and I, I felt that PT school was was almost too easy and I was just used to having to work really hard so it's like if you're just used to having to work hard and suddenly something comes easy yeah you probably should celebrate it and be happy about that but I know that I was like oh, I should have done something else that was harder because this is too easy. It, it means I'd made the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, I tell a lot, to a lot of students like PT school in general doesn't necessarily teach you how to be a good PT or teach you how to really help everyone. It teaches you how to be safe and you just have to go get the letters, you know, get the degree, get out of there. And ideally, maybe you do have some you know, good experiences, but if you don't, that's OK, too. Because afterwards is when you really start to learn how to help people and you, you can take the courses you want and you can build the, the lifestyle, the treatment lifestyle so that you want. So um, when would you recommend a, you know, a, uh, 
physical physical therapy school or even you know a phd in kinesiology when would you recommend that mm-hmm. would you recommend the dpt only for to pass the boards and then that's a great question I, as i get asked that like some people are like should i go back and get my dpt you know should i just go should i get a training certification and match that with a with a license you know a licensed massage therapy or a massage therapy license or uh, I think that's a really good question. I, I think it depends on the person and what their overall goal is. I think that this today, the society we live in and where we're at, you can do anything with pretty much any degree. But I think that having certain letters may make navigating that a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think, I was, who was I talking to? I was talking to a, a trainer, maybe. I'm trying to remember. And I think that having certain degrees may also put you in a crowd of people that are perhaps a bit more like-minded which may be better for you in terms of moving forward like I had the guy I was talking to you know I think that trainers today are incredibly knowledgeable but that's not the default and I think that if you're going to be really really into it and be really really good you may be always be at the top of that you may be the best person in that profession by far and I think that that can make it tough to grow so I think when you put yourself in certain circles, not that the ladders matter, but you may, that may bring you into a group where other people are, a bit, are, are looking for the same thing as you. And that may make things better for you. So I don't have a, a straightforward answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really depends on ultimately what you're looking to do. After school. Okay. Because yeah. I know you mentioned, I know you're a rock tape instructor. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love if you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. And I know you mentioned also um, in one of, I think someone asked you a question concerning that, you know, uh, if it was only for physical therapists. Oh, uh, yeah, therapists. yeah. And I know someone asked you that question. Um, mm-hmm. But why would you recommend to take one of those classes and to who would you recommend? Is it open to sure. everyone um, or how how does it yeah. how does it work exactly sure so the courses are open to everyone and anyone and i really like that i really respect that i think that we're in the time that we live in information is so readily readily available that to hold someone out of a course is not wise because they're going to find that information somehow and at least if you're they can take your course you know they're getting it from a reputable source um, the caveat is that, you know, when we do things like the tooling in our course, the iSTEM course, if you're, if you don't have a license to touch someone, then you can take the course, but you don't get licensed from taking the course. You get certified, which just means that you've taken the course. Mm. So, you know, it's up to that person who's taking the course to then go back to wherever it is that they practice and make sure that they're staying within their scope. Mm. But I absolutely have no problem with, you know, let's say a, a personal trainer who can't touch taking this course so they understand what it's about and, they can have a better dialogue with, you know, the massage therapist or a better dialogue with the physical therapist. Um, so it's open to anyone. I've actually had old patients of mine come and take the taping course because they were so interested and they wanted to learn more. And I was like, go ahead. You're going to tape yourself. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, as for why to take the course, I think uh, despite the, the fact that the name Rock Tape says tape in the name, uh, it's so much more than just a taping course. And we teach you about you know, neuroscience, we're teaching about pain science, we're teaching the biopsychosocial model, we're teaching about fascial chains, uh, we're doing some movement assessment there. It's not just about the modality, the tape or the tools, um, which I think it serves as a really nice introduction to people or for people 
to these other concepts, uh, the joint by joint approach, um, you know, Tom Myers work and things like that, which is, which is the reason I fell in love with it. I took the course and was like, holy smokes, this is so much more than just taping, um, which is what I think, you know, I try to tell people when they were thinking about taking it because this way they, it, it's not going to give you everything in this course, but at least open your eyes to it. And then you can go and take another course, you know, from someone else even uh, that, that goes down those rabbit holes a bit more. No, sorry to interrupt you. The fact that you are a physical therapist, does mm-hmm. that make you, um, does it make, how can I say this? So does it make the, 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 the syllabus or the, the, the content of the course um, easier because, you, because of your background or not necessarily? I think that not necessarily. I think it's easier um, actually because of the, the stuff that I learned after school. So within Rock Tape, we have physical therapists, chiropractors, and athletic trainers. And all of us are able to teach the curriculum and teach the content primarily because of what we learned after we graduated from our respective programs. Uh, because I don't think that PT school really necessarily prepares you for this. kind. Of, it, doesn't, it gives you the very rudimentary foundational understanding of things, but not the stuff that we talk about in the course. Uh, I think that really it was a lot of the continuing education courses that I took afterwards that best prepared me for being able to teach this stuff. Mm. Okay. Now, I know you mentioned in one of um... – uh, in one of the podcasts, bruising is not better. Better is better. Yeah. Amen. Um, I love that. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of techniques right now. Um, because there's different techniques with the body. And I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've heard of cupping. See, yes, of course. We have a cupping course. Cupping course. Actually. So yeah, we have one. What would you say? Do you have any thoughts concerning that? For sure. I have many thoughts. Many, many thoughts. Yes. Uh, Like you said, bruising is not better. Better is better. Uh, One of the things that we need to understand is like what's happening when these bruises are there? Like people need to be able to take a step back and see the, understand the bigger picture and how it relates to other things and not, uh, not take things so on such a, uh, uh, what's the word I want to like an isolated approach. Like bruising is bruising, no matter how you got it whether I punch you and you get a bruise or you put a cup on yourself or you use a tool, it's still bruised. It still indicates that there's some sort of tissue damage mm-hmm. going on there. So what happens is that a lot of the bruising methodology or approach is because it came from a school of thought where they believe that you needed to bruise someone in order to have a therapeutic effect, which we have to give, you know, credit to those older models but with the advances in science and imaging we can now understand that no we're not breaking up scar tissue and things like that and we really have to ask ourselves is what I'm doing actually doing what I think it's doing do I need to bruise this person and what the studies are showing and what we're finding is no and as long as people are taking a still a very mechanical approach to the human body they're going to think oh if I bruise it then it will be better because I see something now but when we start to take that more neurological lens or look through that more neurological lens, we, we start to understand that the main way I'm having my effect anytime I touch someone, whether it's with my hand or a tool or my words or a cup, is through the nervous system. So mm. as such, we don't need to have bruising present. 
the, the model is just come from older models, but we have to keep moving forward and saying, is there a better way to do this? Is there a better way to do this? And that's what we're seeing now is, yeah, there is a better way to do this. And we don't have to have all this bruising for that person to get better. So I don't know if, I don't know if you know, there is um, um, one of my majors when I was in college was dance. So Uh I come from, um, you know, performing arts and I had a lot of like, a lot of my classmates were dancers and now professional dancers. Um, And the yoga and the dance world are so connected to that. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of the same thing. If you do like, like most of the time, if we dance, then I'm generalizing here, but yeah, most of the time if we dance, then we do yoga. That's just kind Mm -hmm. of how how it works. Um, And so we get a lot of bruises when we're we're dancing and it kind of, it's, it's, it's became a, I think it it became a part of like, oh, I have a bruise. That means like (laughs) I'm working so hard (laughs) to learn this choreography and, you know, I'm getting, I'm becoming a better dancer. Do you have any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. That's really interesting. Sorry to interrupt you. The majority of dancers or the majority of the people that are into performing arts, when we, when I, you know, when I think like, okay, I injure myself, Mm -hmm. then we think, okay, should we go to, should I go to physical therapy Mm -hmm. or should I do acupuncture or Mm -hmm. all these other things? Yeah. um, you know, more, tri- more, I guess, non-traditional things yes. like non-Westernized uh, or yes. whatever. What are your thoughts on that? Ah, two, two good questions. So, you know, there's a difference between, I think we can't confuse causation and, and correlation. Like just because two things happen together doesn't mean that they need to occur for them both to happen, for either one to mm-hmm. happen. So like, you know, if you get bruises while you're dancing, it doesn't mean that you need to get bruises while you're dancing in order to get to get better at it it's just like it's a side effect of it same thing like with cupping like if you leave a cup on someone for a long time they may get a bruise but they don't need that bruise to get there in order for them to get better or to be there for them to get better so i think it we have to understand when things are just a byproduct or when things actually cause something so for me when you know we're talking about treatment like when when it comes to dance or physical activity like it's, it's inevitable like you bang yourself up it's just part of it and so it, it just kind of happens when it comes to something like, you know, a tool, like where we can control it, then it's like, yeah, we should understand that if I do this as a byproduct of this, I can get or, you know, a side effect of this, I can get bruising, but I don't need this to happen in order for it to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with dancing. It just, you know, if you happen to get that, it's like, yeah, because I'm working hard, but I don't need this to happen in order for me to get better. And then in terms of, you know, which um, paradigm should someone go to if they have an injury or whatever, I, I would say whatever speaks to that person the most, like there's a reason that all there's all these things exist because they all work. So I never put one as being better than the other. I think what you want to look at is the actual provider, not necessarily the specific service that they're providing, because mm-hmm. as long as that person listens to you, you'll probably, you have a much better, night. probably, you have a much better chance of getting better because they're listening. And then if they're like, yeah, okay, listen, and I see what's going on. And you know what, maybe I can't help you out with that, but I can refer you to someone else. So I would say that the main thing when you're, people are considering who to go to and what to go to is the provider. Uh, and then I definitely have a bias towards some sort of movement. 
you know, like you can't expect active results from passive interventions. So if all you're doing is laying on a table, whether you're at a PT table or an acupuncturist or massage therapist, you're probably not going to get better because you have to move. So I think they got to be able to incorporate that and that would be the best route to go. But definitely, you know, mixing and matching. I I actually saw a, uh, a client today and you know, I did cupping on her, but I was like, yo, if you want to go get acupuncture, you want to go to massage therapy, like, go ahead. I'm all for it. <laughs> all for it. Great. Yeah, I had a, one of, uh, um, I dance for, I'm dancing in this dance company. And one of my, um, one of the other company members, she goes, I need a massage. I'm so sore. And I'm just thinking, Wait, I think maybe she has to move. That's the only yeah. thing. And I'm like, exactly. maybe you have to move. But then, you know, I was like, oh, man, maybe, yeah, get the massage, too. I think yeah, the massage like, feels so good. Like, feel good, but then understand, like, you got to move, baby. Yeah. It'll make you feel the best. Now, flexibility or mobility? Oh, big question. So, uh, flexibility is a component of mobility, right? Uh, flexibility speaks to the passive range over which we may or may not have control. Uh, having more flexibility just to have more flexibility is not inherently better more flexibility is typically more room to get hurt it's more range that you have to learn how to control true mobility speaks to that active component like how how much of this can i activate can i be active throughout this range of how much of this range of motion can i be active throughout do i own my end ranges and there's definitely a place for flexibility you need flexibility and it's good to work on flexibility um, but I think where people forget is that at its heart, flexibility merely speaks to the nervous system's ability to tolerate a stretching sensation, you know, barring any kind of congenital or collagen defects where people just, you know, have like, you know, uh, Ehlers-Danlos or something like that. Flexibility simply speaks to the nervous system's ability to tolerate a stretching sensation. As such, we can absolutely work on our, our flexibility. But when you're hanging out in a stretch, you're not elongating tissues, right? You're just saying, nervous system, this is okay to feel this, which is why after you stop stretching for like a few months and whatever, it goes away because your nervous system says, well, that's not safe anymore. Now, everyone, everyone's nervous system is different, which is why you know, everyone's flexibility is a bit different. And people tend to, again, confuse, you know, cause and effect or you know causation and correlation they're things like yoga right yoga doesn't necessarily make people bendy typically what happens is that bendy people like yoga more and so they go to it and they continue to do it because it speaks to their nervous system which is already inherently you know more flexible than someone else's so I think that there's a, a like a bit of a misconception there. Like, oh, you want to get more flexible? Then you should do. Then, or, or rather, yoga makes people flexible. And it's usually that flexible people like to do yoga. And yoga can absolutely improve your mobility and your flexibility. But uh, at the end of the day, it's because you're putting a concerted effort into work, telling your nervous system it's okay to do this. It's okay to feel this. Great. I have, um, I think I have two questions and one question. So yeah, ask um, whatever you want. Great. So I know you are into your, you're a CrossFit, uh, you have a certification in CrossFit, right? Mm-hmm. I want to get this right. Uh, yes. CrossFit level one trainer, right? CrossFit yes. level one trainer. Cool. So 
Um, and I've tried CrossFit before. I did the Murph challenge. Oh, that's a that's a rough one to do. <laughs> the Murph. Yeah, actually, my sister in law she is so into uh, CrossFit, and she's like she always. Uh, talks about CrossFit, and I, I mean, I, so when I when I go and visit her, I I do CrossFit with her. Um, but it's non-stopping. Yeah, doing <laughs> everything as hard as I can, as many repetitions as I can. Um, so that's 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 one thought that I have right now. Uh huh. So, and I know a lot of yogis that don't like CrossFit or that For they sure. don't like to lift weights. Mm-hmm. Or if you, if I lift weights and I'm in yoga, it's like, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Or if I'm, you know, dancing and it's the same thing. Wait, why are you lifting? Even, why are you lifting weights? Yeah. But I know how in CrossFit, um, I have, I, I've noticed that there are some studios that have yoga instructors or like For sure. uh, people that go and teach mobility classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my question is the first one, what are your thoughts um, on, you know, the, uh, the, is it AMRAP? Yes, AMRAP. AMRAP, that's it. AMRAP? yeah. Good job, that's it. How are you, how, what are your thoughts on that AMRAP? Because it's like more is better, sweat is better, and as many repetitions as they can. Um, and then the second thing is how, as a yoga instructor, or how, yeah, how as a yoga instructor, how to enter the CrossFit world as yoga instructor. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, I think what people think of CrossFit and then what CrossFit actually is, two different things. And just like with dance or yoga, the quality of the class is greatly affected and determined by the instructor and also the ego of the person in the class. So if you have a better instructor, a better coach, they're going to tell you, yes, this is as many reps as possible, but within reason within while doing good movement like you will get more reps if you are efficient and you move well than if you are just flinging yourself about and probably going to get injured uh so i you know people see crossfit and they see the one percent and they're like oh my god they're like doing this heavy barbell and they're just like going crazy and it's that's actually not what crossfit is crossfit works inherently for a few reasons but one of them is because of the intensity So there is rhyme and reason and science to this concept of like, put a time domain on this workout. You have to do as many as you can within seven minutes, whatever, as many reps or whatever within seven minutes. It's to keep the intensity of the workout high because that's actually metabolically how you're going to challenge your system the best in terms of, you know, injury or, you know, is this wise if you have a good coach and if you are, accountable for yourself if people go in and they're just like i'm just gonna do whatever then yeah you might get hurt because you're not you know looking out for yourself you're not making checking your ego at the door and making good decisions Mm -hmm. Uh, the same thing could be said of dance right like if you if you're not your you know your your coach your instructor whatever was just like not paying attention to you and you're like i'm gonna do this really high level move with this partner that you probably shouldn't be doing if you get hurt you can't blame dance right you have to blame the person involved uh, and that tends to be the case with CrossFit, where people see it from the outside and they don't give it a chance. And they assume like, oh, this is like just crazy. But there is a reason for the intensity uh, because metabolically, honestly, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to gain muscle, that's, that's the best way to go about it. Um, so when it's done properly, when it's coached properly, when the person performing it checks their ego, it's, it's very, very good. Um, as for, you know, someone 
like a, yo- a yogi, someone who is into yoga going into CrossFit, I, I would say the same as I would say for a CrossFitter that's trying to go into yoga. I think in general, we all need to do more of what we're not doing enough of. Like we tend to do what we like and what we're good at. And if you look at any physical therapy paradigm, any physical therapy treatment, usually what they're telling you to do is more of the stuff that you're not doing, whether it's you need more rest or you need more mobility, or you need to use the other hand more, you need to stand on the other leg more, you need to use the other eye, whatever. It's always do more of what you're not doing enough of. Um, and so I would say, you know, for anyone looking to enter CrossFit 1, do your research, ask around, ask for a good, you know, what's a good box, like, you know, ask your friends, ask people who are doing CrossFit, they'll tell you. And two, I think for yogis, um, this is like kind of a posted the other day, understanding that the benefit of doing something like strength training. It doesn't have to be CrossFit, but something that has a strength component to it because as you gain more strength, your nervous system will give you more mobility and you'll be able to go deeper into those poses and hold those poses longer. And it's actually, you're not going to lose your flexibility by gaining strength, which I think is a fear for some people. Uh, I, or so I've been told. Um, I don't have that problem. I'm not super flexible, but uh, I think that's what I would, would say is like, hey, if you have a fear that you're going to lose your ability to do this, understand that it's actually, it's not going to take away your mobility. It'll actually give you more and make you safer in your practice and make you better able to do what you already like doing. Great. I like that, that sentence you said, do not, if, uh, can you repeat that one more time? The, uh, you're not going to lose your flexibility by becoming by gaining strong, strength. By gaining yeah, strength. you won't, yeah, you won't, you won't lose your flexibility by, by gaining strength. Great. Um, yeah. Great. So um, in the, you know, dance major, theater major, I mean, I can speak for the dance major, I guess, in college. Um, I've noticed how I had maybe two classes of science, like anatomy and kinesiology. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the idea that at the end of college, Either we become dance teachers or professional dancers or whatever we continue with academia or, you know, whatever, whatever we want to do. And so I've noticed that there is a lack of science in the arts and there is a lack of mm. now. Well, now there's it's becoming something better. Like I think yoga and science are trying to. Um, it's becoming some something like yoga instructors care more about. They care about yes. the anatomy and kinesiology or like whatever is going on with the body of the client or the student. Um, so I've noticed that in yoga, but still, I think in dance, there is still this thing and in yoga too, it's, it's still growing. Um, the lack of science in the arts. Yes. What are your thoughts in that? Because again, the, the, the students that uh, graduate from the dance majors will eventually become dance teachers or dance sure. professors that are con- constantly moving their bodies for sure i mean i think that actually ties into what the question you just asked before which is same answer of we need to have more of and do more of what we're not doing enough of like there needs to be more arts within the sciences and there needs to be more science within the arts uh, i think that they mix really nicely and when we get able to see more sides of things you start to see the commonalities Right. And I think that that makes for better dance instructors and that makes for better clinicians because they're not so tunnel visioned. 
with and I think you know we all have something to learn from each other. Uh, it's interesting as what you actually you had asked earlier about who can come to the classes. It's actually really nice when you have people that are from different disciplines coming to the classes and then you actually sit and talk to them and listen to what they have to say because clearly they're good at what they do too and they see other things. Uh, and let's say if I'm, if I'm talking to like a CrossFit coach or something like that, CrossFit coaches or coaches in general, coaches, trainers, they're first line medical providers. Like you guys, if, as you, if you were to become a dance instructor, you would see way more bodies than the average clinician than the average doctor. And you'd see them before, while they, you know, they may be like, ah, oh, my ankle hurts a little bit. My knee hurts a little bit. My back hurts a little bit. They're coming to see you really well before they go to see their doctor. So it would be tremendous to equip that population with some sort of, you know, a better understanding of things. Everyone would win. And of course there is, there's rules. Um, yeah. I, I taught, I taught um, dance for a long time. And I remember at the studio that I was teaching, if someone asked me about, okay, what do I do if my knee hurts? I was like, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I cannot tell you. Now, the you flip know? side is that if you go to the doctor, the doctor can't tell you either. That's the, that's, that's, you know, that's the reality is that, yeah, you know, we can't diagnose, like, you shouldn't diagnose, but there's nothing wrong with like, helping that person in some capacity. Cause they're going to stay coming to you until like their leg falls off and they're like, okay, I guess I have to go to the doctor now. <laughs> As happens, instead of it being like, okay, well, I have some understanding of, okay, we can work around this, we can regress this, or I know who I can send you to. Like, at the end of the day, the patient would benefit the most out of that scenario more than anyone, because what happens is the patient knows that, man, okay, my ankle, my knee kind of hurts, but that means I have to go to my doctor, which I have to schedule an appointment, and then they probably don't kind of know what's going on, which means I have to get an MRI, and after you get an MRI, then the doctor has to read that, and they're probably going to want to do surgery, which you don't even need anyway. Whereas we could just equip trainers and first-line people to be like hey here's let's strengthen this stuff let's work on this stuff it's still bothering you okay cool i have a good physical therapist or a good chiro i can send you send you to and suddenly people get better so much faster and we don't have these unnecessary surgeries and unnecessary you know prescriptions because we can attack the problem early on so i get it and you know especially in the united states it's such a freaking litigious society but equipping uh, trainers and such with you know some level of knowledge would be so beneficial it's one of the reasons i'm really glad that our courses are open to everyone and everyone can check them out it's rock tape rock tape.com rock tape.com you can check them out we have uh you know the eye stem tool course we have a taping course we have a cupping course we have a floss course we're working on a movement course uh lots of stuff yeah great great I know I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, like, I guess, more personal. Yeah. I know you Go love ahead. The Alchemist. Yes. By Paolo How'd you Paolo. find that out? What did you well, read? Well, I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been doing research about you. You did. I've been following you and I've listened wow. to a lot of your podcasts. And so I'm impressed. I, I Thank know you, you like The Alchemist and I do love The Alchemist too. Um, wow. It's a very, it's a very, very, very nice book. What's your favorite part? What's what's the what's your favorite part with the the alchemist? I could I'm gonna say that probably the overall theme is my favorite. I don't like the ending of the alchemist. I thought it was very it got like very like I don't know fantastical and like kind of weird. So I didn't love the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but the overall sentiment of pursuing happiness and looking at bigger pictures or the bigger picture, um, I I just like the over definitely was I'm trying to think of like a specific part in it. 
Yeah, I would. Mm, I would say that the overall, yeah, the overall, the take home message from it. No, yeah, no a, one specific thing. Do you have a favorite part in it? Um, I just like the idea that he continue. He was trying to find his treasure, and then the treasure or whatever was his goal, mm-hmm. and then even if he was going to fall in love with this girl and then he just like yeah. left and continue. I think yeah. that was super important because I think, I think that in life we're going to, I personally, I think I'm going to mm-hmm. find obstacles and things that will make me want to stay, but I have to continue with that dream that I have and yeah. then just come back. And if it's for me, it's for me. If it's not for me, well then. That's huge. Yes. It's yeah. about movement, I think. So there you go. I love that. Going. So, but yeah, it's, it's a very, very, very good book. So when I, when I, when I uh, heard that you liked that book, I was like, oh my God, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, I just want to definitely recommend to everyone and hopefully they're in a position and a place where they can like take a step back and, and not just like try to read like the nuances of it and just like feel that book as opposed to being like, oh, well, this is dumb. This part is like, can never happen. It's like, just take a step back and just understand what the message that they're trying to convey. Like, yeah. What would you tell your younger self? Um, I would tell my younger self that anything is possible. You can be, you can do with this physical therapy, physical therapy career, anything you want. Um, I know that I graduated and that's part of the reason I almost left physical therapy was I thought that I could only be like a clinician, like a, you know, outpatient orthopedic clinician. And that was it. I didn't realize that like the stuff that I'm doing now, I didn't realize I could do that. And I think I would tell my younger self that so I would stay the same course, but do things sooner. Like I wouldn't have necessarily waited five years. Not that I regret it, but it's, you know, I tell it to all the new grads now. You can make this career whatever you want as soon as you want. You don't have to like pay your dues and go through this traditional model. You can make it whatever you want right now. Now, what would you like to do when you grow up? I'm still trying to figure that out. I have no idea. Uh, I love the answer. I love the answer. I'm I'm still figuring that out for sure. Great. When was your aha moment? Oh, yeah. Um, One of the aha moments happened when I took the rock. I took the rock tape course, and I was like, "Oh, there's way more out there. There's a way better. There's a way better way to treat. There are other people who think like this. You're not alone." And, oh, maybe you can be an instructor for this. Uh, and actually, it tied into a second aha moment because I, I had a student. Um, I've told this story before. I, I had a student um, who was telling me about all these opportunities that he had. And he's like, I took this course for free. I talked to this person. I did this. And I was like, Mark, how in the world did you, did you get all these opportunities? And he was like, I asked. And I was like, what? That's a thing? You just ask? And... I took the rock tape course and for the, like probably the first time ever, I actually asked, I asked, I reached out to the uh, instructor who was Perry Nicholson. And I was like, Perry, I want to become an instructor for this. How do I do it? And asking changed my entire life. Like I'm on the phone with you right now because I asked hands down. So it was two aha moments, both surrounding rock tape where one, it was like, Oh, you can treat differently. There's other ways. And then two, like you have to ask if you want something. Yeah, and honestly, when I reached out to you, I was like, hmm, yeah. I don't think she's going to answer, but let me yeah. try. And look, <laughs> and you asked, and now look, we're on the phone. 
goes last. Yes, I know, I know. That's pretty awesome. Um, so I have two more questions for you because I want to be very sure mindful thing. of your time. Yeah, whatever you want. Um, so what's movement for you? Everything, which is why I actually love that you slipped that in that you're talking about the alchemist and you're like, it's movement and movement's everything. That's why, you know, tying back to that question you asked earlier about why I picked the name movement maestro because it is everything. It's breath, it's life, it's moving through difficult situations. It's everything. The day you stop moving is the day you start dying. Indeed. Indeed. Did you move today? I did move today. I didn't f- do any kind of formal practice today, but I went to the, to the box, the box, and I had to do some, uh, some treatment, which is really cool because you get to move when you treat. And whether you're doing manual work on someone or you're demonstrating an exercise or movement for someone, you got to make sure you move. I'm also doing this stupid push-up challenge, so I got to do that every day. What is that? Is it every it's day? It's just 100 push-up? push-ups you have to do every day. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's questionable decision-making, though. Is uh, that like, but... do you have to move your hands in a certain way? or is No, that... you just got to do 100. You can, if you can't do a full push-up, you can do them on your knees, on a table, on a chair, whatever. It's, just, uh, it's part of the CrossFit box. Oh. We have it's a challenge for September was do three thousand three thousand push ups in the month of September. So you do a hundred every day. I was like Okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's definitely cool. We'll Apparently see how I feel someone told me that if I do <laughs> someone told me if I if I do push ups uh, I think there's a pull up progression class. Um, mm-hmm. at this gym that I teach yoga and then the guy told me do 100 push-ups every day it will help you with your pull-ups and I was like ah oh, is that true you know the the way that I would correlate that was not it's I mean there are posing movements because one's going to be pressing or pushing one's pulling but it will give you more midline strength which is actually one of the things I see a lot of people can't do pull-ups because they don't have very good core strength and so they're like all floppy hanging from the bar and you're like yeah that's a lot harder to pull up than if you were to be tight um, so it won't hurt you. It won't hurt your pull-ups your pull to, to do that every day. <laughs> Thank you cool. that much. Awesome. Where can we find you on um, social media? I mean, I can tell everyone because I follow you, but you want to go ahead. <laughs> sure thing. I mean, I try to keep the branding consistent. So uh, uh, Instagram is my best platform. So you can go to The Movement Maestro. I don't say it as nicely as you do, but The Movement Maestro. You Maestro do. spelled M. You say it like, I was like, wow, nobody says it like that. M-A-E-S-T-R-O. Um, same thing on Facebook, The Movement Maestro. And if you want to listen to another podcast, I got a podcast called Maestro on the Mic, and those are probably the, the easiest ways. Inst- I mean, you can tell them Instagram's the easiest way to get in touch with me. DM me, and I, I will get back to you. You'll, she'll definitely do. She'll yeah. definitely reply. <laughs> um, it's, it, the Movement Maestro, you, what, the way that you pronounce it, it sounds very Portuguese. So it, oh, it sounds very it? nicely. Interesting. Well, that's yeah. good to know. Yes. Good well, time. thank you very much for your time. I really yeah. appreciate your, t- uh, you know, you've been uh, taking the time to be my guest and more so because it sounds like you, well, you're very authentic and bold and um, I like that bold, very humble, very <laughs> humble to, you know, the, the idea that you're talking right now to someone that knows less than you do. And that, that means a lot to me. Uh, thank you for doing this. I, I think that anytime you get an opportunity to do this, it is it is fun. And people listen to these things, man. Like we're all in it together. And the more discussions, I think that's the biggest thing is the more discussions that people can have, the better everyone is. 
when we keep things separated and people only certain people talking to certain people, nobody, you know, people don't win that way. So thank you for asking me to be on and doing what you do. Great. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Uh, no, I think that's it. Great. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Shante. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you so much. You have a great rest of the day. You too. Bye.